Many of us have herpes. Welcome back to another edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's it's Monday, so it must be the football podcast. Actually, that doesn't make any sense because this is the first time we've done it on a Monday. But from now on, if it's Monday or Tuesday, if they play on Monday, yeah, I should stop trying to explain what day uh, it's going to be. Anyway, it is the football podcast, so it's Mike Pusateri is here for his. He was so good, we brought him back. He kept his job for a week. For a week. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Basking in a, a, a Bears victory and a Alec Mills no-hitter. Yeah, I don't know which was less likely. Well, I guess I do. Yeah, we know which one. Yes. So, Mike, how are you accessible on the uh, interwebs? On the interwebs, I can be found on uh, on the Instagram at I am Mike Pusateri. And at Twitter, at Mike Pusateri. And it's P-U-S-A-T-E-R-I. USA. 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 I probably just confused <laughs> people now. I was like, wait a minute, how many USAs is it? It's just one. Just yeah. stop at the first one. Usa, 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 Usateri. So the uh, things were not going well for the Chicago 11 or 40, 53, 43, whatever it is. 53 for most of yesterday and then um the lions couldn't help themselves they they turned back into the lions and so now that's the fifth straight win for the bears over the lions matt neggy are we supposed to call him neggy strange i guess what's why is there an a there then i don't know yeah it's gonna be neggy because yeah, Charles Nagy, Matt Nagy. He's 5-0 and against Matt Patricia. What a team to be 5-0 and against. How about the fact that Patricia, over the uh, pandemic, has he had to go full moo-moo on the sidelines. I mean, that Ooh. thing was, I know because there aren't, a, well, I don't know, maybe are tents easier to find or harder? Because I guess you could have outdoor events. Maybe tents are in more demand, but... I was shocked. In fact, if it had not been for his stupid pencil, that very first shot of him, I didn't know that was him. He yeah. seems to have trimmed the beard up a little, but uh, trimmed, maybe to shake but, all the food out of it so he could get at it. He certainly gained a lot more than uh, than the COVID-19. Yes, the COVID-190. <laughs> He's taking it seriously. He is. He's giving it 110%. That's what he does. He goes, he goes full throttle no matter what it is. So... The only part of our preview from last week that was wrong because we nailed Bears by three, two and a half, three. Yes. Yeah. Or no, excuse me. The Lions were favored. We were all over the Bears. We knew they were going to win. Over, under, went over. That was a shoe. That was, you know, that that was never in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't look good there for a while. The only thing we got wrong was the announcers. And it wasn't our fault. Uh-huh. No. We announced it was going to be uh, Kenny Albert. And Jonathan Vilma, and whatever Shannon Spake is, mm-hmm. and in a weird, you sort of thought they would have known this. So Kenny Albert has been calling um, Stanley Cup playoff games in Canada and has to quarantine, so he was not available to do the game. So the, if you're supposed to protect the elderly. From this virus, how did Fox decide to dig up Dick Stockton and give him 
give him week one. I think he must be going to have to do next week too for somebody. But and then how did he? How did they get him there? Did he fly commercial or did they sprint for a private jet for Dick Stack? I don't. I don't know. He he announced the game as though he wasn't there, and maybe I, didn't even have a TV. He's been doing that for years, though. Yes. It is jarring. Like uh, sometimes NBA TV will have hardwood classics, and so you'll get like you know the '87 NBA Finals Lakers Celtics, and there's Dick, and you know it's a long time ago, and it's like wow, he was good. Well, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Did they have a partition between he and Vilma? It looked like there was a, a divider or something between them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Richard Deitch from um, out of this website, you may have heard of it called The Athletic. I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. He did a thing. He did kind of a whip around column today uh, where he got little nuggets. Uh, whip around and nuggets both seem dirtier than they are. Um, yeah. He had little factoids from each of the broadcasts and talked about how um, Nance and um, Romo have like a sneeze guard in between them. And. Uh, Jim was worried about it because they have this thing worked out where when Tony, if one of the other is is ready to talk and the other is talking, they just reach over and very centrally touch each other on the hand. And he wasn't going to be able to do that anymore. And he's like, I don't know, are we going to high five through the plexiglass? So I would hope, I mean, I would think that the easiest thing for Dick would have been just to have like barely opened his crypt so that he could see out of it. Right, and then and Vilma the would be web, yeah. Cobwebs are flying out. Then, then Vilma knows that he can speak. Yeah, and then Vilma should be protected by, you know, all the earth that's still falling off of Dick's coffin. Correct. <laughs> <sighs> but there he was, and some interesting stuff. He, um, at one point in the early on in the game, he. <laughs> He said that uh, Bill Lazor was calling defensive signals for Matt Patricia. Now, <laughs> Bill Lazor is the offensive coordinator for the Bears. That doesn't seem fair that he got to call the Lions' defenses and the offensive plays. And that really Although, is a condemnation of Mitch's first half. If, yeah. his de- if his offensive coordinator was calling both the offenses and the defenses and they still couldn't move the ball. Well, I was going to say the Bears' offense looked like the Lions knew what was coming with every play in the first half. Uh, I also enjoyed Dick later said uh, Lions had a fourth and short, fourth and one, I guess. It said, and the Lions will go for it on fourth and one. We're seeing more and more of that uh, lately, (laughs) aren't we? As he was finishing a sentence, the Lion punt team wasn't just running on the field. They were lining up. And Vilma's like, "Uh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's, that's, yeah. So, two things about uh, Jonathan Vilma. Um, he was, he was very nice to uh, Stockton. He was kind yeah. of in the Steve Stone later years Harry Carey mode, where he yeah. was kind of gently correcting the old guy without saying, no, 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 that's wrong. And it was troubling... Right. Because he was in the same mode to try to not say mean things about Mitch Trubisky. So basically, a, a demented play-by-play announcer 
and the Bears' fourth-year quarterbacks needed the same kit glove treatment. <laughs> That's not a great sign, I don't think. Definitely not a great sign. And uh, some I don't think that's going on in in Kansas City. <laughs> uh, or uh, or Houston. But we've got Mitch. We do. And um, we got we, – we were deprived of a preseason where we would get to see the new footwork, <laughs> all the hard work that he put in. And so then there it was on display – in in regular action and it was i thought it was really impressive he looked like a completely different quarterback oh my god he could barely if it wasn't for the number 10 i would have had no idea that was still mitch i thought falling falling down you know, running to the middle of the field dropping the football 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage now that was great. that was one of Vilma's few critic few overt criticisms of Mitch was that ridiculous play in the fourth quarter. He managed to still squeeze that into the comeback, where he does what he always does. He when he gets in trouble, he does this like reverse pivot to the middle of the field blindly. He has no idea if there's a player there. I guess he just assumes it's going to be open. And Vilma's like, yeah, that's one thing a quarterback should never do. It's like, well, yeah, this one always does it. So always, congratulations. Yeah. I guess he didn't work on that in footwork class over the summer. Well, it is Polish footwork, so it that's could right. be that that's how they taught him. But I, I just I don't think that he is. So I have a quote here from Mitch, uh, from the post game. He said, "Football is a game of inches. So if I'm off by one inch, it could change the course of a play." So I assume that's why he prefers to be off by like 72 or 84 inches. That way there's that'll... no doubt. It's, 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 it's great to see that in year four, Mitch has advanced so far that now he's just, he's really down to the minute details. It's all he's got to work on. None of the big, the big stuff is all taken care of. Yeah. <sighs> he, he, uh, I, I mean, I was, I was rewatching the, uh, the game on, the. In the super, uh, whatever they call that, on NFL Sunday ticket, the super speed mode. Oh, yeah, like the, the condensed games thing. Yeah, that, that thing. And, you know, you, when you uh, watch the four, you know, when the game ends, you think, oh, that was a hell of a comeback. Mitch played really well in the fourth quarter. Mitch really didn't play all that well in the fourth quarter. He, You know, he almost had that pick six at the, at the yeah. two-yard line. Yeah. You know, that should have been a pick six. He, there was another play previous to that where he underthrew Allen Robertson by like five yards. And Robinson just has a look on his face like, come on, man. Don't even damn Please. Um, and as you pointed out, that was the famous, you know, fumble 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage play, too. All that happened in this magical fourth quarter. Yeah. All it took for the Bears to come back was for. The Lions up 10 for Matt Patricia to go, okay, we're up by two scores. I think I should send my kicker out to kick a field goal so we can be up two scores. <laughs> that's that. That's that Patriot yes. thinking yes. that he brought with him. And that. not just a field goal. I mean, um, they have a good kicker, but this was not like a 43-yard 
No. This wasn't a, you know, this was a 55-yard field goal. Yeah. And if he makes it, you are up by 13 instead of 10, and the Bears are going to get the ball around the 25-yard line. He misses it, and or if you punt, then you hopefully you know you get you there you the Bears have to go even more than 75 yards, which they showed no aptitude of being able to do. Oh, that would have been the wise decision. But if he misses punt. it like he did, then the Bears get the ball at the 45. Yeah, yeah. So they did that. And I remember. I remember when he sent Prater out. I had a thought of, well, that's an that's stupid. That's an odd move. But then it just kind of stopped right there. I never thought, well, the Bears are going to really take advantage of this. I mean, maybe Patricia has Prater on his fantasy team, and he's like, ooh, we get bonuses for field goals over 50 yards, and I might need yeah. those points. Go go get them. Right. So that wasn't enough. The Bears do come down and score, but if the Lions can, you know, just run enough clock to, to give it back to Mitch in an impossible spot, they're in good shape. Instead, on a third down, and this was this was predicted by Dick Stockton, which is troubling. Because it was close to the two-minute warning, he basically said, hey, they could probably pass here because it's not going to cost him very much time if it's incomplete. Well, it wasn't incomplete. Dick didn't no. think about the other option, which was... Uh, so Jalen Johnson, who earlier in the game... I was very impressed he made this play because earlier in the game, uh, Marvin Jones killed him on the field. Yeah, literally, he run over. Literally killed him and left him like a spot on the turf. Um, Johnson makes a really nice play, deflects the ball in the air. Vilma decides that uh, Eddie Jackson probably did it. So he gives Eddie the... Eddie's in the vicinity. Vilma just decides Eddie Jackson must have deflected the pass. So he gives him the credit for it. But it was Johnson. Kyle Fuller picks it off. All of a sudden, holy crap, look, the Bears are in great shape. The Bears do score, which I then immediately joke that... um, Oh, no. Mitch left them too much time. And... uh, he almost did. And then he actually kind of did because all of a sudden, here come the Lions with that vaunted Bears defense coming right down the field. To which I'm sure Nick Foles is on the sidelines going, yeah, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. They score, they go ahead, and then they give you just enough time to go down and throw a touchdown pass and beat them. And uh, then uh, DeAndre Swift Dropped a touchdown pass. So that's all the Bears needed. They just needed an ill-advised, ridiculously long field goal. Then they needed a terribly ill-advised third down pass. Then they needed a guy to drop a touchdown pass. I don't know if you heard the Lions radio call of that play. They thought he caught it. And I did too. Because he had both hands on it, and then he turned, and that's when he dropped it. And they're like, yeah, oh, no. They were not pleased. Oh, man. That was such... A perfect. It was just such an easy ball to catch. But, Brutal. But that's what it is to be a Lions fan, I suppose. Yeah, that's some. Well, last year on opening day, they had a huge lead in the fourth quarter, and uh, against Kyler Murray in his first ever game, and he brought Arizona back and ended up with a tie. So they're not allowed to have nice things. They're not. But, you know, let's talk about that that uh, vaunted Bear defense. Yeah. On that final drive, I, they went through them like crap through a goose. Yep. They did not at one point force – there was never a fourth down play at all during that drive. Yep. You know, it wasn't like, oh, Detroit fourth and nine at their 37 having to complete a 10-yard pass. No, they pretty much went 
unimpeded to the end zone and had the game won until Swift dropped the ball. Well, and the Bears only had one sack in the whole game. Like yep. Team Hicks in the fourth quarter. I think they had three TFLs, maybe. Yeah, they had the one really nice play on the Lions. The I guess it was a possession before the interception. Canadian football legend James Vauders <laughs> had a nice tackle for loss in the backfield. That yeah. kind of ruined that drive. But, yeah, I mean, when the few good defensive plays stand out, that's – we had another game where Khalil Mack – did he play? But I don't know – I know enough not to blame Khalil, but this has happened so many times now. Well, I just one more time this year. I guess I've only played once. But, you know, Chuck Pagano apparently no – can't scheme for the best defensive player the Bears have had in a ver- since a guy we won't talk about anymore because it turns out that he's you know uh, worse than we thought. Um, how can you not find a way to get that guy freed up? But they can't. That's a real. It's a real talent to not be able to do that, but he doesn't seem to be able to do that. And Adrian Peterson ran right through him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Adrian had like four days to learn the <laughs> playbook. So that's fine. It gets nearly a hundred. Right. And by the way, it was the bears running back room. So loaded that we didn't need to look at Adrian Peterson. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was up. because you've got, you've got one running back, then you've got a kick returner and then yeah. you've got, um, Dennis Gentry's smaller son. Right. So you got to get those three guys carries. You don't have room for Adrian Peterson. That's not going to no. work. No. I mean, come on. Crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, if they give up 425 yards yeah. to the Lions, that's not a good sign. Lions averaged 5.9 yards per play. Yeah. Well, the Bears somehow averaged 5.6. But, and, uh, and But we know the Lions have a terrible defense. The Bears aren't supposed to. Oh, the other thing I didn't mention, the other thing that had to happen in the fourth quarter, the Lions had to have three defensive backs out with injuries. Three. Which then, for whatever reason, made them decide, okay, the easiest thing to do is just have everybody play man. Apparently zoned so hard to figure out, okay, you're going to cover this patch of grass, (laughs) that they go man. And then Mitch said that the touchdown pass, the game-winning touchdown pass to Anthony Miller was the exact same play that they ran to beat the Lions on Thanksgiving last year. Oh, my. Yeah. And the defensive genius of Matt Patricia did not uh, yeah. did not have that covered. Evidently. So, I mean, if you're, the, if you're the Lions and you keep losing to the Bears, uh, you, you kind of know they, they can only do a few things well every <laughs> You might want to tighten that down, those few things that they're going to do well, but evidently that uh, he didn't pick that up from Belichick. So not only did the Lions lose three defensive backs, but they lost one of their starting defensive ends in the first quarter when he decided to demonstrate on the referee that David Montgomery had lowered his helmet to hit him while he was running the ball. So he literally lowers his head and gently, but still, hits the ref in the chest with his helmet. And then is stunned first to get a personal foul, and then completely shocked that he's been ejected from the game. Wasn't he also a Patriot? Yes. He was a Patriot who, this should be a red flag, 
it was it was a stunning move when Belichick traded him to the Browns. Like it's like, oh my God, what are they doing? They traded this is their best pass rusher. How can you trade him? They did bring him back later, but when Belichick, he's one of the things you can pretty much count on is if he he gets rid of a talented player, there's a reason. There was a reason I read Jamie Collins, um, the defensive end for the Chargers, Chandler. What's his name? Not West Chandler, not Chandler Bing, but the other guy. Um, Those are my two Chandlers. He's a guy who has been really productive for uh, the Cardinals since he left, since Bill said, go bye-bye. But Bill doesn't miss him. And he didn't miss Jamie Collins either. And this is, I think, a window into why he didn't miss him is that ridiculous thing. So, and that he did that early. That was, so they played pretty much the whole game without him. Yeah. Yeah, I thought another damning thing from Mitch's performance was, um, so on the post-game show that, that Cap is now hosting on Comcast Sportsnet Chicago, they have to justify all that money that they're they're paying Cap. Um, he's got Olin Krutz, um, Alex Brown, and Lance Briggs. It's last year's cast without Lawrence Holmes and Matt Forte. And they each pick a play to analyze, but because they don't have the NFL rights to show highlights... They only show a still image. <laughs> That's compelling television. Yes. Um, two of them were very funny. One of them was a play. Um, both Two of the three plays were plays Mitch screwed up, which was telling, I think, as to which part of the game they were told to pick their play. Um, one of them, it was a third down, and in the background you could see Pat O'Donnell kicking the ball into the net. And Olin goes, look how much confidence the punter had. He knew he was going to be punting on the next play, and he was. <laughs> so the one they showed that uh, I think Alex Brown showed was, it was a really good shot, actually. It was in the first half, I think it was the first half, it was either the third quarter or, the, or the, in the sometime in the first half. It was a 22-yard pass down the middle to Robinson, the one where he had to make that ridiculous circus catch in between three guys. Right, I think I know where you're going here. So the, yeah. when they paused the shot... You could see Jimmy Graham alone, like, you know, he's, there was literally no one within 20 yards of him in any direction. And you can actually see a fourth defender in the picture near Robinson. So Mitch isn't really, Mitch is like, oh, that's not triple coverage. That's quadruple coverage. He must be really open if they're all running to him. I'm just going to throw it to that guy. But the worst part of the thing for Mitch was not only did he throw to the wrong guy, but... The pocket, I think that's why Olin picked it, the pocket is perfect. The Bears have made like a horseshoe around Mitch. There is no lion anywhere near him. He's going to be able to step up and do whatever he wants. And then the shot, he's on his back foot. He's just about ready to let go of the ball, so he's throwing it off his back foot. And Olin is like, there's one guy wide open who he doesn't see. His mechanics have completely abandoned him, and he's going to throw in a triple coverage at least. It's like, on this play, it should have been the end of Mitch for the day. should have been, all right, clearly, you are not up to this. Go sit down. Yeah. But we would have missed the great comeback. We would have. We would have. Because I don't, Nick Foles does not give us that comeback. No. When has he ever done anything like that? (laughs) There would be no no way to do that. You needed. Never happened. You needed that special set of skills that Mitch had. You know, it's 
it does it feels it feels ridiculous to be sitting here the day after the Bears' biggest comeback in I forget what I read like a decade, 17 points in the fourth quarter, and to be nitpicking the quarterback play when you look at him, he's like threw three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. This is a great comeback. Yeah, but it's not. And I wrote this in the newsletter today. It's not that I don't. It's I don't. I don't not like Mitch. We There's nothing. Mitch to he do seems well. like a super nice guy. Right. I want him to do well. He's the quarterback of my favorite team. But at the same time, what am I supposed to do? That am I supposed to pretend that he isn't terrible? Because he is. It's, yeah. And and this is year four. He's not getting better. This is what he is. The fantastical bullshit about. Oh, his footwork is so much better. I said, we knew that wasn't true. That doesn't happen. Like you said last week, when's the last time a quarterback all magically got better in his fourth year? And we determined that it's maybe happened twice ever, and it's never happened on the team that the guy got drafted by. You have to completely change, you know, everything. You know, you go to a different system, you go to a different coach, you sit, and then it never happens. It happens twice ever. So we knew it wasn't going to be any different. Yeah. But you get people who are like, oh, it must be eating your words now. No, because the mean shit from the first three quarters was all still true. Yeah. It doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I was glad they went. I was, I was, I thought, I thought Swift caught that pass too. I was pissed. I'm like, ah, for all that shit, they're still going to lose. But thankfully he dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. But then. Well, we spent the first three quarters of the of the game wondering, well, how, how bad was Nick Foles yeah. that he couldn't beat this? When I think the answer, hopefully, the only thing we can cling to is there really was never a competition. It was never, a, the Bears were never really going to start Foles. The idea is start Mitch. Week one is the Lions. He has success against the Lions because when you go from Mitch to Foles, you're done. Mm-hmm. You've made it. Mitch, Mitch only gets back on the field if Foles gets, you know, hauled off on a gurney. Right. So. They were never going to just start with Foles. At least that's the assumption. Because if it really was a competition, then we've got real problems. Because that means the Foles was so bad that they're like, ah, fine. Just fuck it. Let's just go with Mitch. So we have to at least, it seems intellectually at least possible that that's what they decided to do. And we have to cling to that. Because the alternative is, season's already over. Because if you looked at Mitch yesterday and if it's true that that's the best they have, that's, you know, they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, which for the long run might be the best possible thing for them. But that's not going to happen either. We know they're going to win minimum five games. Right. They just are. So they're not going to pick, they're not going to pick up there. They're not going to get him. So because of that, well, shit, you better win 10 then because we want to be entertained. And if, if you can't lose enough to get a good quarterback, then you better just win damn games. Especially if you're a Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Then you really better win 10 games or at least make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and you wonder if part of it has to be that, too. That if they can, if they can salvage a winning season with Mitch as their quarterback, then they can go and say, hey, it's starting to work. Look at this. Yep. See? told you guys you just had to be patient vag i know you're 97 years old but you know keep eating your vitamins right you're drinking those through a straw or whatever you have to do now 
because we're on to something. Whereas the minute you go to Foles, you basically said, all right, the biggest decision we had to make, and actually Nagy can be like, I didn't make that decision. I was in Kansas City. Screw you. Right. I didn't pick him. Right. But Pace is like, all right, I screwed it up for good. Everyone has long suspected it, but now I have proof. Um, But the other thing about it is with Mitch, there, there is no future with Mitch. There is no. no because if it turns out miraculously he's good, then they 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 declined his fifth year option, which didn't make any sense because they could have simply cut him and just not ever had to pay it. They have to pay him now, and even if he's okay, he's not going to be worth what a a quarterback in his fifth year, a starting quarterback in his fifth year, is supposed to get. The only way he was a bargain was to just give him his fifth year money. Although I guess that was a lot of money, but they didn't have to pay it. But they're 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 in a spot where it's most likely not going to bite him in the ass because he's bad. But if he was miraculously good, you, you're going to have to pay him money that he's simply not worth to keep him, which is mm-hmm. just terrible. Right. Um, but That's I have our- I already know. I don't know if it's going to be next year. I know. I guarantee you. I know who the start Bears starting quarterback. In 2022, provided the Earth is still spinning in 2022, I know who it is. I'm, I have maximum confidence that I know who it is, and I would bet any amount of money on this. Okay, let's let's hear it. Serve it's it Jimmy up. Garoppolo. <laughs> it couldn't be more perfect. He's so perfect. He's completely yeah. overpaid in San Francisco. He plays yep. for a coach who basically says, "Give me any quarterback, I'll make him productive." We, I don't know why we paid him all this money, but that's fine. We'll go with Jimmy. His contract starts to – last year was the huge year. It was like 30 million. It goes down into a more – I mean, it's ridiculous money, but it's quarterback money. So it's still, it's still high, but it's not outrageous. And the Niners are going to be at a point, maybe next year, certainly the year after, where they're like, okay, we, we need to get Jimmy off the books because we've got these other guys to pay. Who's the sucker that'll take – you know, a very handsome, moderately talented quarterback. Oh, well, the Bears will take him. They tried to trade for him before we got him, but Belichick wouldn't trade him there because he liked him and he wouldn't sub- subject him to John Fox. Yeah, and they probably also remember uh, the Bears from the 2017 draft. Yes, I'm sure they also are like, yeah, we like to do business <laughs> with them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my prediction. It has nothing to do with the rest of the podcast other than I think I figured out who the Bear quarterback is two years from now. I like it. It's a perfect Bear choice. But will Ryan Pace be the guy bringing him over? I, I, I wouldn't think so. You, logic he's bringing, says, logic <laughs> says no. Logic, logic says no, but uh, it's the Bears. He very yeah, well logic. could. Luke. There's a siren going off in the distance. I do see that too. You're not getting paid for this. <laughs> You're getting fined. All right. You guys, you good? All right. Good. That's a good idea. Go to the yard. Okay. So back to the reason the podcast is really here. Yeah. So one... Early on, we were supposed to, you know, the Bears won't say who's calling the plays. It's a secret. The shit they think is supposed to be secret. 
<laughs> I mean, they originally weren't going to say who the quarterback was going to be. Um, right. Yeah, they try to practice they... like it's, you know, it's nuclear codes. You can't see any of that stuff. Yeah. So they don't want to know who's calling the plays. But it became very obvious early on that, that Bill Laser, that's a, actually kind of a cool name, was calling the plays because they were actually running the ball. And so yes. we know that's not, that's not Nicky. That's not Matt. He's no. not running the ball that much. So they ran the ball 28 times for 149 yards. And rushes dropped off, obviously, because the fourth quarter, it had to be throw, throw, throw because you were behind. So they were on pace to do better than that. But they averaged 5.3 yards a carry, which for them yeah. is amazing. Horrific. So how many times last year do you think they ran the ball 28 times? It's actually, not, more, it's actually more than I thought. I can't be more than, can't be more than four times. Five times. Ah. Oh. Five times. It, how many times did they rush for more than 149 yards? Hmm. Did they do it? Yes. I'll say twice. Three times. Three times. So they were three and two in the games where they rushed 28 times, but there's asterisks. One was that ridiculous miracle win in Denver. Right. One was the last game of the season against the Vikings. Those, they should have lost the Denver game. Glad they won it, but the clock keeper, Vic Fangio, should have fired that guy immediately. And then the Vikings were in, who gives a shit? We're in the playoff mode. Right. So they really did it three times. Or they won once when they did it, which is yeah. only that's that's the problem. Then Nagy's like, "See, it doesn't work." Like, mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. It's just not that it doesn't work. It said in all those other games, you didn't even bother. You didn't even try yeah. to run the ball, you moron. Right. And oh, and a one-dimensional Mitch is not is is if you're a defensive coordinator, that's what you you love yes. seeing that. Well, and they only ran for a hundred yards as a team last year five times. That's not. Most lots of teams have 100 yards at halftime, rushing. Right. The right. Bears. That's like, oh, we did it. In a, almost a, almost a third of our games, guys, we ran for the bare minimum. Bare minimum. I guess is <laughs> the, the bare minimum. Yeah, and the uh, and and the Lions ran for 138. Yeah, which, which doesn't so. make any sense when you have that big a lead, and Adrian Peterson ran for 98 of them, right? Something like that. Yeah. 90-something. You know, you got other guys. You got Carrion Johnson. 93. Yeah. on Johnson and, and DeAndre Swift. Swift had a few carries. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another reason that the Lions blew this was an inability to run the ball. Against the Bears defense, that really wasn't doing much of anything. Yeah, it wasn't the Bears that stopped them from running the ball. Right, because there was the glaring could've... lack of Eddie Goldman. Yes, I mean it was very clear that there was no push in the middle. There was, there was nothing to the to the point where on that post game show, Lance was like, "Well, Snacks Harrison is a free agent. Better sign him on Monday." Uh-huh. I, think, I don't think he can sign him until Tuesday, but, um, yeah, yeah, we kept hearing, or I kept hearing, no, well, they don't need Goldman. That's fine. Yeah, they'll miss him, but we we got it covered. No, we don't. No, he's one of their not at all five best players on defense. Conservatively, yeah, yeah. yeah, they we knew they'd miss him. I mean, it's completely understandable why he's not playing. But that doesn't mean that the team right. wasn't going to be like, "Oh, we're screwed," because they were. But there were good things. I mean, obviously, well, they won, so that's a good thing. 
thing. Um, I did think that um, tiny little Darnell Mooney. Yeah, looked look like at him. he might actually be able to play. Uh, I thought Ted Ginn um, got wide open twice, and Mitch couldn't get the ball within five yards of him, and not because Ted was so far down the field. Mitch was right. like wide right or left. It's like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we did have the weird thing where Jimmy Graham couldn't time a jump. I, I figured okay. that um, maybe it's from switching over later to watching Alec Mills. I felt like maybe Mitch threw him a couple of changeups. <laughs> the one was the first one was especially bad. He was almost he'd almost landed when the ball got there. It's not like he jumped a little too soon. You know, you see it in basketball. And I don't know if you heard this. Jimmy Graham used to play basketball. Some you see it in basketball where the ball will hit the rim a, a second time. The guys mm-hmm. think it's going to come clean. They all jump, and then it doesn't. And they do that weird thing where they're, like, trying to stay in the air, which doesn't – physics doesn't work that way. That's what he was doing. He had jumped. And he's like, oh, crap. And he's, like, trying to, you know, go up again before he hit the ground. Okay. And then he did it again later, which was not great. Um, didn't see Cole Komet get to do anything except for block. And they yep. threw to him once. He was open. That ball didn't get to him. Yep. And then we got the other guy, the other basketball player. It's all basketball players. Um, the guy from Cleveland. I can't think of his name. That's why it's the best Bears podcast. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, really the Bears ran the ball pretty well. I thought, um, I'm not a huge fan of the... Uh, Corderell is a running back thing. Maybe if you change numbers, I'd feel more comfortable with it. But it's just like when the Packers had uh, Montgomery a couple of years ago wearing 88 playing running back. It's like, no, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. I, just the, the aesthetics are off. You're going to have to yeah. fix that. Yeah. Um, Although he looked he looked fairly explosive coming out of there a couple times. Yeah. On uh, Drew McGarry wrote his uh, Why the Bears Suck uh, column on Defector today. And he's a Vikings fan. And basically said he expects that this is the role that he calls him cord. The cord is, is basically should have always been used in. Uh-huh. Um, this is, you know, the, the Patriots did it two years ago and they basically used him in short yardage. And so I think the bears got the complete wrong idea out of that, which was, Oh, he's like a big bruising, but the plays that Belichick would run with him in short yardage weren't, let's ram it right up the center's ass for a yard. He was using the fact that he's a pretty big guy, but he's fast to get him like to the tackle as quick as possible. He's at a speed that they're yeah. not used to. Which he can do, yeah. You know, the Bears had that, um, the third and inches where they lined up and ran him on a sweep. It's like, oh, that's not, I mean, it worked, but that's not what you're supposed yeah. to do. Um. And I apparently, I don't know, I blacked out. I missed the failed Mitch uh, quarterback sneak. That must have been on the very first possession. I don't remember it either. Yeah. So, I yeah. was reading about it. I'm like, wait a minute. What did I, you know, maybe there was a gas leak. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Jalen Johnson, though, looked pretty good other than being, other than the one play where he got smooshed. Um, and that's big because he's he has to be their other corner. They Yes. Um you know, I, as much as I love Buster Screen, I don't want to see Buster lined up outside ever. So that's good. Yep. That was uh, promising. Um, Fuller had the pick, although that was really on Stafford. Uh, it was a 
classic Matt Stafford yeah. decision to throw it right to like 48 guys in the middle of the field and it pops up in the air. And yeah. Yeah, on a third down where the, where the smartest thing is, if it's not immediately open, just take a sack. Take yep. a sack, punt the ball, win the game. He throws it late over the middle. That's very um, it's very Jay Cutler. Yes. Which I think, very Jay Cutler. I think, I think Stafford kind of is Jay with maybe a better publicist or maybe a worse publicist because Jay's made a lot of money being churlish. Yeah, um, but they're very similar. Very talented, physically talented. Um, lead a few comebacks, but when it's really important, it's not. You just happen. know. You just know something stupid is going to happen. One of those guys where, like, you watch the game on yesterday, and you're like, you know, if the Bears had Stafford instead of Mitch, it'd be a really good team. And then you would get Stafford and go, nope, still, nah, not, still nah. not really good. Better, but nope. no, still not really good. Uh, but, you know, in his defense, he uh, broke his back last year. The broken back is always um, interesting to me. Uh, C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers broke a bone in his back and played in the playoffs with it. And they would just kind of right. casually throw it out. Oh, by the way, C.J. McCollum playing with a broken back. Like, Shouldn't he get more credit for this? That seems pretty significant. He's playing NBA playoff basketball with a broken back? Right. And scoring like 18 points a game, that seems like that would be a big deal. And they're just like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, don't forget, he's got a broken back. Like, What do you mean, don't forget? Yeah, I think a broken back, a guy's lying in traction for yeah. six weeks. But barely gets a mention because he's back. No, the, the storyline that got more attention for Stafford was um, in the offseason, he tested positive for COVID. And it, it actually forced the Lions out of practice one day. It's like, oh, God, Matt has infected the entire place. Right. Um, and then his subsequent tests, he kept testing negative. So after four days, they're like, you don't have it. Go back to work. Right. And his wife wrote this, like, 16-paragraph thing on Instagram about it was the worst, it was the most horrible ordeal anyone's ever been through because we thought he had it, and that meant he had to quarantine from us, and then we were worried that the kids had it. And I'm like, okay, I get you had concerns, but he didn't have it. Yeah. After probably after day two, you guys are like, eh, I don't think he has it because he tested. You just tested negative again, and by day four, it was like resume your lives. So yeah. I don't quite get it. And she's had cancer, so I would think that was worse. I would think that was a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, that wasn't it. Yeah, a false a false positive seemed like the worst thing. Uh, but the Bears are, I found this sad, terribly sad. First time in seven years that they're not 0-1. I, I, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go back to Lovey. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the gift of the Lions, though. Yes. But they're in first the place. Gift. They're in first place. Tied with the Packers. I'm sure that'll last. It might last a week because we got the Giants coming in. Yes. Giants, we don't know how good they are. We haven't seen them play. They're uh, kicking off here. For, it only matters for us because other people are downloading this after the game, but they're about to kick off. It's 6 o'clock here in the middle of the country. So we don't know. I mean, uh, it seems like it would be a very bad thing because um, 47-year-old Adrian Peterson had his way with the Bears and Saquon Barkley 
plays for the Giants. Seems like that would be a little harder, but who knows. We know nothing about the Joe Judge Giants. Don't. We don't. All we know is that we have an ACC duel yes. with Daniel Jones and Mitch. Carolina Duke. Carolina Duke. Which, if we're uh, two basketball teams playing, I'd feel a lot better about yeah, it. It's like Johnny Dawkins, Michael Jordan, Rasheed Wallace, and Kristen Leitner. God, I can't even. Ooh, yeah. I can't even match up time frames in my head. Cherokee Parks <laughs> and oh, who cares? <laughs> I always thought J.R. Reed was a weird looking dude. There was something about his. Maybe it was the flat top, but it made his Haircut, head. Yeah. yeah, it made his head look like it went forward at the top of his head. Yeah, not attractive. Although I always thought this, and I, I don't mean to disparage her. I always thought he, in the just in the face, I thought he looked like Cheryl Miller. So people can Google that. I think J.R. Reed and Cheryl Miller could have been brother and sister. She's got a relatively famous brother, and he doesn't look anything like J.R. Reed. But I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so Bears-Giants, uh, it's a CBS game. It could be, because it's New York and Chicago, it could be Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Oh, boy. Or it could be, uh, who knows, two guys they pick off the street. Probably that. I guess it yeah. Because it is a noon, so it's not a. I don't know if the if maybe CBS doesn't have a late window game that happens sometimes. Uh, so you get the, you have the Sunday ticket, right? I do. So I also have the Sunday ticket. I, I tried. I decided I was going to cancel the Sunday ticket because really the only thing I use it for is the Red Zone channel because I get the Bear games because I live here, so I don't need right. that. I get the Red Zone channel. It pisses me off that I spend three hundred and some dollars a year for this thing when. If I didn't have DirecTV, I would get Resident Channel for free. Now, I wouldn't get Andrew Siciliano and his antenna ears. I would get Scott Hansen instead. I don't care. I'd like it free, please. But yeah. I don't get that. It is insanely expensive. Yeah, so Saturday night, I'm like, you know, I'm going to call DirecTV. I'm going to cancel it. See what they do. Oh. But they cower. I was like, oh, <laughs> sir, you can't cancel it. Here, have some free stuff. Please don't. Yes. We'll give you another free month. They did none of that, in fact. So, DirecTV used to have, like, the greatest... I don't know how long you've had DirecTV. I've had it since 1998. I had it for, like, 20 years yeah. up until about a year ago. They used to have the greatest customer service in the world. They yeah. could fix anything. They could help you out if you called. And, like, once... Well, every two years you can call and completely get new equipment if you want. And then mm-hmm. every every other year you can call and they give you a bunch of free programming. It's just the way it works. You get these promos. Right, right. So I routinely would do that. In fact, the reason I kept Sunday Ticket over the years was I would call about this time of the year and I'd be like, I don't know, I think I might not keep it. And they would just like throw, all right, well, you get HBO, you want that free for six months? Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, you get, right. uh, you get Showtime. Sunday Ticket? You want Sunday Ticket? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great. Showtime, yeah. And they would just give you stuff. And then it would def- it would basically even out. And I'd be like, all right, fine, let's keep it. Yeah. So I called. First, this was a bad sign. I had a tech a few years ago who gave me a number that bypassed the switchboard. You went right. Gotta, you went right to to a tech. See, I wonder if this is a scam because I got one of those numbers too. Back I there. use it a lot. I I, I use mine too. Ring like, once. This, Hello, there's yeah. a person I'm talking to you. I call that disconnected. Ooh. Call the thing. general number, and I get this. Our offices are open Monday through Friday, from eight to six thirty Eastern time. Call Ooh. back. Then, 
So I go on the website, I go to their live chat thing. It's uh, not up. It's oh. shut down. Uh-huh. I say, you fuckers. That's, uh, a, that's the AT&T-ification of DirecTV. Now, the good news definitely. is, so AT&T made a brilliant strategic decision a few years ago when they bought, when they paid, I don't know, $2 billion for DirecTV. Yeah. They bought them because they wanted the technology that is DirecTV now, which is the broadband version of DirecTV, which, from everything I've heard, sucks. Stinks on Terrible. ice. Connection's going to drop. It, you know, something big, you know, hit Game of Thrones finale. Let's log on to yep. DirecTV now. Nope. Uh, it's over. System's overwhelmed. Super Bowl, no chance. You're not going to get to see it. That's what they wanted because their, their plan was to get rid. They don't want the dishes. They don't want to have techs. They don't want to have people crawling around in your roof. They don't want right. any of that shit. Right. Um, they wanted DirecTV now, which apparently comes with a little, you get receivers, which is already outmoded technology. Yeah. It should just be an app on a smartphone or on a smart TV. Yeah. Put it on your Apple TV that. and there you go. They don't have it. That's what they wanted. So they apparently have put no, like they just have abandoned the actual satellite part of the company, which is like 80% of the company. <laughs> they just don't give a shit about it. They don't care. And they've lost 2 million subscribers over the last year alone. So now they're yeah. like, shit, we should sell this thing. Because now we've sucked all the value out of it. We might as well sell it. So it sounds like they are actively trying to sell DirecTV. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I'm like hanging around. I like want to see, all right, who, who'd you sell it to? Are they going to actually fix it? Because um, when I first Wait, so got you, DirecTV, did... it was the only way to get a bunch of programming that I wanted. You know, it was like, really cool in the beginning, yeah. In fact, it was I, really neat. I installed my first dish myself. Nice, look at that. All you needed was a freaking compass. You needed an actual yeah. compass to get to like I, 180 degrees, whatever it was, line it up, and then you could you had to run a cable into your house, turn the receiver thing. on, turn the volume up, and you would hear the signal strength thing. And when you got like a beep, a really long, you were locked in, just crank, yes. that, crank it down, you got yep. direct TV, you're ready to go. Well, you can't yep. do that anymore because it's a little yep. more. Nail the dish to a couple two by fours, and you're all set. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I put a. Uh, I was I was renting my grandparents' house from my mom and dad. Grandparents had died. I rented the house for a few years. I ended up buying it, which was a, it was my version of the AT and T buying Directv investment. It was a terrible decision, but I did. Um, I couldn't put it anywhere on the house where I could get a clear view of the southern sky. There were trees in the way, so I I put a post in the front yard. And put the dish on the post, which mom was not happy about. <laughs> She's like, that's the most ridiculous looking thing I've ever seen. So then I planted, I, I got um, some edging and I planted flowers around it, around the post. Oh, that made look it look that. so much better. Um, but then people in town started doing that. Started putting the DirecTV on the post in the yard. And all of a sudden it didn't look that out of place and she gave up. She stopped complaining to me that I did it. Uh, and I was—I thought you were going to say and the city council came after you. No, they tried to make me—they tried—they tried to make me village president because I was clearly <laughs> so smart. You want to run the town? No, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> so I go back with them a long way, and so I will—I'll give them a little more time, but I'm not happy. Have and you I, called back during, during uh, now that they are open earlier today? No, I was going to call today, but I actually had real things to do. So at some point, but that's the other thing. You know, how inconvenient is that? I mean, what happens if your service, like, 
Uh, well, the marquee launch was a good example. Right. Um, so they launched marquee, and it like only worked on DirecTV. Nobody else could get it. And I remember making fun of people. No, it worked for parts of DirecTV. I got it. My neighbor, my friend Nancy and Mike, right, they can basically they can throw a baseball from my house into their yard. She's texting me like, are you getting marquee? I'm like, no. Or I'm like, yes. She's like, well, I'm not. It's not working. Yeah, I subscribed. I don't, didn't get it. And it took like hours on that first day. So I'm laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Opening day this year after the pandemic, the opposite happened. I'd been, I'd, I'd had the, I'd had the network for three months when there was nothing to watch. First Cub game, turn it on. As soon as the game started, you got the blackout signal. <laughs> it's like I assure you, I am not in the blackout. I'm in the blackout territory, but I, I get this channel. Yeah, you know, I live You've established. That. You've been I live in the territory. No you have to give it to me. Um, now they were playing the Brewers. So I, where I live, I can get the freaking Brewers channel if I want. So I flipped over to that. And then I got the, finally got the app working. I watched it on the app. And then it came on. But it's like, you guys can't even get that right. So no. that happened during the afternoon so people could call. But if that's a night game, you can't yeah. even call to tell them. It's like, uh, yeah, it's not working. This thing I pay you hundreds of dollars a month for. Um, they they should have the decency to, to be open twenty four hours because you people are going to need to complain about their television cable service. Yeah, there was a whole thing. Phil Swan, who writes um, on that kind of TV stuff, said both DirecTV and Dish hemorrhaging viewers. Uh, Dish is in these huge carriage rights disagreements with they're dropping channels left and right. They decided they don't want regional sports networks. I think it's a bad bet. So screw that. They're not going to get any of those. And then DirecTV having its own problems with all of its stuff. Um, and both of them keep raising their prices. Yeah. And and they and they really don't care if you leave because like you know like I said we left about a year ago. You know, twenty year customer about to expecting oh. don't do that we'll give you this we'll give you that they're like yeah all right that's cool they used to care it used to be a thing you could do you could call and threaten to to quit and they would give you stuff not anymore do you want to this is back when this was a big deal like do you want a uh hd dvr sure all right right, you can have that now what they would do is they would lock you in then for two years they give you the free stuff and you'd have to stick around for two years right which is the only thing keeping a lot of people now. I haven't gotten anything from them forever, so I could, I could, my threat would not be veiled if I called. Well, tomorrow now I can't call tonight, and said I'm going to quit. I could really do it. Yeah. Of course, then I have to, I have to hook up with Cable Town here. I have to get Comcast. <laughs> well, you could go Hulu. You could do a Hulu. Or- yeah, I could. I don't want to have to tech support that for my wife. Now, how do I do this? What is this? What channel is it? Well, they're not channels anymore. What do you mean they're not? Never mind. It's it's all. Well, you know what? We'll keep Directv knows. I'm just keeping it because it's easy. She knows where all the channels are. In fact, we moved to Michigan. She was her mind was blown by the fact that the channel numbers were the same. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's still. I'm like, yeah, that's how this. The only thing that changes are the local channels. But she was yeah amazing. Yeah. All right, that's probably enough satellite TV talk. So, Bears Giants. Coming up, yes, it's a noon game in Chicago, as if that matters, in a pandemic. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Westgate has the Bears as five and a half point favorites. So they saw that. They saw that game. They haven't even seen the Giants play. And they're like, oh, Bears, easy. Five and a half point favorites. Confidence. So what do you think? These The first two games, I think, are the really the easiest games for me. I, I think the Bears will, will uh, take that. And then what is the over under? Forty three and a half, which I think it was so forty. It was forty four. Right? It was forty four. All right, so it's even it's less. Forty four. They can score so, less, half a point less. The Bears' defense is not, to me, inspiring a lot of confidence that they're going to keep. Uh, you know, the great, uh, the great what's his name from Duke, uh, Daniel Jones, Daniel off the Jones. Uh, off the off the scoreboard. So yeah, I got to go with the over on that. So I'll we take the Bears in the over. The thing we don't know, we don't know why Robert Quinn didn't play. We don't. Whether it's injury or something else. Um, given that he was back. Re- given that he was replaced in the lineup by Mar- Barkevius Mingo. <sighs> awesome name, not an awesome football player. No. Um, the hope, and again we're still dealing with hope, which is you know dangerous is that you put Quinn over there and it all of a sudden it frees things up for Khalil on the other side. And then Start all of a sudden, now you've got, look at this, teams. we got a pass rush. Look at this. Yeah. But we don't know that. And we don't know if Quinn is going to play. So you have to basically assume that he's not until he is. So that's that's less than than ideal. Right. Um, so, yeah, I have a, I have a hard time thinking that this bear team is five and a half points better than anybody. That's a fair point. Um, so I would take, I will take the giants to cover. Um, and then I, I don't know what the giant offense looks like. I know that I, I drafted Sterling Shepard in my fantasy league and uh, we did a, our draft. We did through Yahoo, and then they give you a draft grade. And Yahoo was not impressed with where I drafted Sterling Shepard. They thought I went at least three rounds too high. Um, I did it because I had heard some other guy going on and on about you know that's the that you know late in the draft. There's your sleeper. Go get him. So I got him. So I have no okay. clue. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm going to go super conservative. I'm going uh, the Bears won't cover, and and we'll hit the under. So wow. a very, very uninspiring day on the lakefront. So we are we are at opposites this week. Last week we were in unison. Yeah. Well, I told you that, so I, this is how valuable my advice here is. So we did it on Tuesday, right? We did the podcast last Tuesday. By Sunday morning, I actually bet money on the Lions. <laughs> and when I do that, it's, it literally was me hedging my bets. It was one of these like I just I, I just I have a feeling the Bears might not be that good, yeah. and if they're gonna lose to the freaking Lions, at least I can make a few bucks. And if they beat the Lions, then I won't really care that I lost a few bucks. That's exactly what happened. Because like That's the DeAndre exactly. Swift drop actually cost me money, and I didn't care because I was just happy that the Bears were gonna win. So yeah, got a positive. Um, outcome. I will not do that every week, um, but I literally I could track this bag. I was in a. Um, it was in a picks pool a few years ago. Um, it was maybe it was just two years ago. It was so the Bears were twelve and four. The and 
I lost the picks pool, which has a fair amount, fairly decent payout, by uh, three games, by three wins. The guy who won it, I finished second, got a little money, but the guy who won it had three more wins than me. And I looked back, I had gotten, I had gotten four bear games wrong, where I picked <clears> them to lose and they won. Because I was like, I just don't know. Screw it. If you know, this way, if they lose, I'll make up for it. So it's a terrible strategy to actually use. It cost me I don't know how much money. So I'm not going to do that every week. This is probably a stay away for me, Bears Giants. Although who knows? Maybe else. You know, maybe tonight. Um, you know, the are they still like the blimp still showing up at games? Maybe the blimp will crash into the field and it'll sprain Saquon's ankle and Daniel Jones's AC joint, and I'll know to go heavy on the Bears. Short of TikTok. a short of a dirigible accident, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to bet on this. Maybe Nance and Romo will call the game from the blimp. No, that would be fun. Oh, that would be good. Well, how that about one in the social distancing? Romo in the blimp, right. Nance in the booth. CBS, if you're listening, yeah. that you can have this idea. It's six. What is like? I don't know how high a blimp flies. Six hundred feet. feet. Yeah, six hundred feet social distancing. This thing right. buzzing around the stadium. Like Black Sunday, looking like it's just going to crash into the field and kill everybody. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. I don't know. I didn't do my homework. That's too early, I think. I don't know who the announcers are going to be. I think it's a fairly good... Well, let's see. We bored everybody enough. Let's figure this out. Yeah. Um, the other CBS games are likely... Da, 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 da. Cincinnati-Cleveland? Nope, that's the Thursday night. That's not a CBS game. Uh, Denver Pittsburgh. That's not sending Nance and Romo to that. No. Denver lost, so screw that. Um, Buffalo Miami. No, that's they're not sending them there. Um, Bears Giants is weird because it's the it's one of the weird crossover. It should be a Fox game, but they gave it to CBS for no apparent reason. Jacksonville Tennessee. No. Oh. Uh, Baltimore, Houston. Mm. That could be where Nance and Romo go. That's where they, that's where I'd go if I were Nance. Yeah. All right. So, so we're not right getting them. It. So we might be getting uh, uh, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, which one of my Twitter followers will hate because he spent the whole he spent a good chunk of the game bitching about Ian Eagle. <laughs> I don't know what game he was watching, but he was not happy. So Ian Eagle, familiar name to all of us in uh, who watch the Bears. Not as familiar as Sam Rosen, but he's a uh, familiar. Oh yeah, there really should have been Sam instead of Dick. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they. I really was surprised that they threw Dick into uh, a pandemic. Yeah, but I guess Sam Rosen's probably not that much younger. Similar. What do we know? But the, yeah. Well, because as you said, the, the, they evidently didn't realize that Kenny Albert was in Edmonton for all this time. Yeah, they had that, no that idea. They were calling him on his cell phone. <laughs> there was no way they. There was still no way to find that out. Two one two area code. He's got to be in New York. Yeah. What do you mean you've been in Canada? What? <laughs> what? What are you doing there? Calling hockey? Was it the Olympics? <laughs> yeah. No, the NHL season's still going on. No, it's not. <laughs> you got Bears lines. Well, okay, sorry. He's probably like, can I just do it from my hotel room in Edmonton? Would it have made any difference? Yeah, I, probably not. Seems like Dick did it from, you know, uh, hotel room in Fiji. I don't know. 
Yeah. Seemed to be some kind of delay. All right. So uh, we'll have Bears, Bears Giants to chew over next week. And if the Bears are 2-0, then hot damn, Super Bowl bound. I see. I, I think they're. I think they will be two and zero. I know you do. On their way. It's on good. their way to a six. On their way to a six and ten season oh. or five and eleven. Yeah, that would. That would. I, I'm. I'm thinking there no no momentum whatsoever will be gained from a two and zero start. <laughs> I just uh, this team has got too many issues. Yeah. But hey, I'd be happy to be wrong. I'm usually wrong, so as am I. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week then. All right. Very good. All right.